Sometimes the natural world is gross, sexy, horrifying, violent, and all those other words you look for in late night TV. This show is intended for mature audiences. Unicorns! Oh my, my absolute favorite creature on the planet. Yes, on the planet. Unicorns. I've been obsessed with them since I was a tiny child, and I'm old, so this was before unicorns were cool and started getting plastered on everything. I was born in the wrong time. Little five-year-old me would have been so happy, but this age me is also so happy to see unicorns everywhere. So I am so happy to share unicorns with everyone, the real unicorns. What's the biggest allure of unicorns for you? I don't know. I've loved unicorns as long as I can remember. So I don't know what first attracted me to unicorns, but I am of the generation that kind of grew up on The Last Unicorn, the movie. So I watched that ad nauseum and I can quote it line by line still to this day. She can. We'll occasionally watch it and I may have a poster of the entire book on my wall. The book is even better than the movie if you haven't read it. Definitely more complex and written more for an adult audience. But I grew up as a tiny child on the movie. So I think that's where Unicorn started for me. All right. I would imagine maybe the magic-y-ness of it. They're just so white and pretty. Yeah. And innocent and pure. (laughs) But also they have a stabby device on their foreheads. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, built-in weapon is definitely a plus. Yep, yep. You like echidnas, which have the built-in destruction claws. There's a trend here. There is. Yeah, like pokey, cute things. Snakes aren't pokey. I mean, in their mouth, Um, they can be. Their teeth are pokey. Yeah, their mouths are definitely pokey. (laughs) So are unicorn horns always spiral? No. No, in fact, unicorn horns are made out of keratin. (gasps) A smoother keratin. But I will caution everyone right now. uh, Do not tell children about real unicorns without a serious discussion first. I would consider this zoo after dark material because I made this mistake myself. I found out when I was an adult that unicorns did in fact walk the earth. Uh, They were Siberian unicorns, so not exactly what we think of as unicorns, but they were unicorns nonetheless, and they are amazing creatures. But when I found out, I was ecstatic because to me, even as an adult, it's like magic is real, kind of. You know, unicorns, these fantastical made-up creatures that I had hoped were real and insisted in research, like there must be something to this. This myth is prevalent in almost every culture on the planet there has to be something to this and then as an adult i find out that they did in fact exist it was it was everything to me i may have cried at work but then a little girl came into where i worked and she had a unicorn shirt on and she loved unicorns and i was like oh my gosh i love unicorns too did you know that they're real and i just get like this horrified look from a parent and you know I'm like no no they did it was the Siberian unicorn they're extinct now but they were real and of course the child burst into tears because I told her all the unicorns are dead so be careful with this knowledge but rejoice in it I have just now realized it's another term for elasmotherium I now know what you're talking about. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I've been trying to piece it together. So I'm like, I know lays onto something. What am I not? <laughs> what am I not getting here? Oh my goodness, it's a last theory. I'm now looking up to see if there's any frozen ones so that you can pet a very dead unicorn. 
I had asked Alex to send me a couple questions about unicorns, and one of them was, can we recreate them? And sadly, no. No, we cannot. You mean we can't do the mammoth thing with the elephants and just use a rhino instead, I guess? I mean, maybe, but not using their DNA. So we can't do like the Jurassic Park thing where we somehow take their DNA and create a Siberian unicorn because there is so little left from these creatures. We actually found out about them in 1808. So we've known that unicorns have existed for a long time, and I am infuriated at the world for not telling me about them sooner. But I know now everything's fine. But there are just so few specimens and fossils of these creatures that we couldn't pool our resources for a long time to learn more about them because there's just not enough. So part of the difficulty with the Siberian unicorn and trying to glean more information about them is that these specimens are just scattered all over the world and there aren't very many of them. Because of that, it's even been difficult to carbon date them and try to get a better estimation of what time period they were alive from, or during rather. But in 2016, an international team came together and decided to try to pool their resources to figure out more information and get some DNA and just try to get enough DNA to study. And through that, they were able to figure out that the Siberian unicorn was actually on the planet 35 to 36,000 years ago. And this is a new study that has come out since I learned about Siberian unicorns. And part of my insistence that they must have been around, there must have been some kind of unicorn, was that there are historical accounts of unicorns. And yes, it could be a rhino, but there were just some stories that didn't quite match up with a unicorn. So I thought there had to be some remnant of unicorn, the Siberian unicorn, that people had seen to get this idea. And it turns out that, yes, the Siberian unicorn was still alive when humans were near them. That may be what led to their extinction. Around this time period, there was a shift in the climate. There was a lot of change happening. So the grasses that they ate shifted to mosses and lichens. And the Siberian unicorn was highly specialized to eating grasses. So between that and humans coming around to potentially hunt them, it was a recipe for disaster for them. And unfortunately, they did go extinct. But unicorns walked the earth with humans. So not only are unicorns dead, but we killed them. Yes. Well, we knew that anyway, right? If unicorns had existed, we have a fascination with their horns. So, you know, even in stories, they're hunted to extinction for their magical horns. And unfortunately, modern day rhinos, modern day rhinos are hunted for their horns, just like the unicorn was supposedly hunted for their horns in stories. So there are a lot of parallels that go along with the fictional stories and the real life counterparts of the mythical unicorn. I now feel cheated that more modern day unicorn representation doesn't have this wonderful, wonderful woolly hair all over them. I know. It would smell terrible, but be so adorable to just ruffle it all up. You could put bows in it. Or braid it. Yes. That would be so cute. So did this woolly unicorn only have one horn or did it? It did. Okay, so it's two horns, like a lot 
out of modern day rhinos. Right. Siberian unicorns aren't ancestors of the modern day rhino. They actually had an evolutionary split around 40 million years ago. So they're kind of like cousins to the rhino. Mm -hmm. And even within this genus, I'm not sure how many of them may have been unicorns. I've only heard of the Siberian unicorn. But this one in particular, instead of having one or two horns more towards their noses, it is a singular horn coming from their foreheads. (gasps) And it may have been up to three feet long. It's a massive horn. So heavy that some scientists think they may not have been able to lift their heads. There's got to be some biomechanical studies on that one. Like, I don't know. This is sauropods all over again. Uh, Sauropods are those big long neck dinosaurs that Uh for a while people were like, well, that's way too heavy to walk on land. So they must have just stayed in swamps all the time, which is why you get stuff with, you know, the big long nets coming out of the water and they just kind of stay in there. And then people did biomechanical research and figured out, no, there are actual like structures in place on how they can walk around and support their weight. There's no way that you've got an animal that can't pick up its head at all. It just drags it on the ground. Right. That wouldn't make sense for keeping an eye out for predators and other activities. It's just not conducive to life other than eating. And maybe that was the case. That is part of why people think maybe they did go extinct because they were so specialized for eating grass that they were at the ground and couldn't adapt to eating anything that wasn't directly on the ground. And they did have massive humps on their shoulders. And people think that is to support the horn. But again, there are so few fossils left behind of the Siberian unicorn that there isn't a lot to study yet. And I don't know that there are many people looking at the unicorn. Are these unicorn horns like rhino horns where they're made solely out of keratin, the stuff in fingernails, or is this an actual bone horn? Yeah, as far as we know, it looks like it is a keratin horn. So it's the same substance of rhino horns, modern day rhinos. It's the same thing as fingernails, as snake scales. It's a very common substance all over nature. This means you could definitely dye it. (sighs) So we could get a Siberian unicorn somehow like pull a Jurassic Park miracle and then dye its horn to be white and sparkly and glittery and maybe sprinkle in some glow pigment. The most magical of all. (laughs) And then just bleach all the fur. So then it's all white. (laughs) All right. So just in case people haven't yet Googled what a Siberian unicorn looks like, think rhino crossed with a mammoth. So they were enormous. They were about the size of a mammoth. They were about 15 feet long, uh, at least seven feet high. And they weighed, we think, around four tons. So they're huge, much heavier than modern day rhinos. And they had three toes, just like other rhinos. And they seem to be structurally similar to modern day rhinos. But we think they had some shaggier fur, kind of like a mammoth. And of course, they had that huge horn on their foreheads, not their noses or other regions of their head. So it is a unicorn. But we don't have any evidence of actual horns other than a depression in the skull. It's like a five inch depression into the skull. So like with modern rhino horns where you'd see where it's growing out of. Yeah. Do you think it's possible that like somewhere, some of these places, these big wigs that still collect rhino horns that are poached, do you think there are some that exist that we've just misidentified as being a rhino horn, but it's really one of these? I mean, that would be more of a question for Alec. I don't know how well keratin would survive. Oh, that's true. Wouldn't it break down? 
Keratin is one of those substances that doesn't fossilize too well. Mineral substitution doesn't really work out well with those. It's why we don't get a lot of fossil feathers and scales, for example. It has to have very specific circumstances to get an imprint, maybe some of it left behind. And those are also made out of keratin. Keratin does a lot of skin coverings, your hair, your fingernails, scales, rhino horn, feathers, all that that same stuff that's going to break down pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some examples. Um, There's actually mummified dinosaur skin even, as well as preserved feathers that we've been able to get some indication of color off of because there was enough of it left so so technically possible but it needs extraordinary circumstances yeah it's possible but especially considering how large those horns are i wouldn't imagine it being super possible then again i don't know how it holds up to freezing because we do get a lot of those frozen naturally mummified prehistoric animals from the ice age so yeah, the mm-hmm. first samples from the mammoth But if it died or had its horn removed, I guess we wouldn't necessarily know. And that's a big thing with paleo as a lot of stuff, uh, the really good stuff ends up on black market. Uh, There was a really important primate evolution skeleton that there was so many documentaries made about and it was on black market. There is a lot of shady stuff, sadly, with paleontology because it's really valuable from an aesthetic standpoint, too. As well as, look at me, I own this huge part of our Earth's history. So it would not be out of the realm of consideration. There's no evidence of it, and lack of evidence is not evidence itself. But I could absolutely see something popping up where, in the future, we at least get some unicorn popsicle, but like not an adorable kind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're adorable. You would be able to pet a unicorn that way. I may be able to die happy at that point, and I don't say that lightly, but I don't think we would mix up a Siberian unicorn horn with a modern-day rhino horn just because of the size difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These things were huge. But one of my favorite things about them, having worked at a place that has rhinos, two different kinds of rhinos that are actually kind of like a cross in the Siberian unicorn, there's the white rhino that is huge and is specialized for grazing on grass. So, of course, you know, they have the flat teeth and you see that in the Siberian unicorn. Their teeth are very similar to that of a white rhino. But black rhinos, who are much smaller, they have a prehensile upper lip to grab branches because they're browsers and they'll grab leaves off of shrubs and things like that. And Siberian unicorns may have had prehensile lips. We think they have prehensile lips, which I think is adorable. So they did everything. They could grab basically whatever they needed to. This is what confuses me because they, from what I read, scientists believe that they were highly specialized for eating grass based on their dentition and other morphological features. But they had that prehensile upper lip, which with what we see in modern rhinos means that they may be able to eat leaves from shrubs as well. But that's not what scientists are saying. They're saying they ate grass and only grass. And because of that, they became extinct because they couldn't branch to other types of plants. But that lip gives me pause just from what we know about black rhinos. So I don't know. I don't know that we know. But wouldn't that upper lip be adorable on a unicorn, a prehensile lip? Oh my goodness. So cute. 
And I also think they'd be pretty cute because of watching white rhinos. And even though they are so massive and heavy, they are shockingly delicate creatures when they want to be. They're silent runners. Mm -hmm. And when they play in frolic, they look like puppies playing. If you've ever seen videos of a baby rhino playing, they look like little puppies playing. And when they run and play, they are shockingly delicate and light with their movements, even though they are so heavy. So I think it's possible that Siberian unicorns also could have been similarly light on their feet, despite their weight. Frolicking baby unicorns. Yeah. In the snow. That we all killed off. See, everyone writes about how... Oh, Alec. (laughs) No. Everyone writes about how these Siberian unicorns are... Yes, they're unicorns. They existed, but they're ugly, brutish creatures. And they're not what you thought of at all. But no, I bet they would still be... I think they'd be cute. Yeah. They sound way cuter to me. (laughs) I think there are enough parallels to the European concept of what a unicorn is. I can still see the similarities. I think... Okay, so here's my question. Would you prefer a unicorn in its natural history-based form? So this rhino-esque type creature, mm-hmm. or would you prefer the one that we typically know to be more horse-like? From which culture? Um, Give us some examples to choose from. Yeah. There are so many different unicorns around the world. There's the Chinese Qilin, I think it's called, which is kind of more of like a dragon ox scaled. It's really cool. This is my kind of unicorn. Yeah. And if we ever come back to unicorns, I'm trying to focus in specifically on the Siberian unicorn so we can keep the shorts, but that's not happening. There's the Kirin, which is from Japan. There's a very similar one in Korea and different regions in Asia have different variations of this unicorn. Some of them are more goat-like or more horse-like. And then there's the Karkadon, which I was going to talk about for this because that is the unicorn that Marco Polo wrote about and that potentially Alexander the Great um, may have written as well, kind of. But the Carcadon is known to be this untamable, like bloodthirsty, man-eating unicorn that's totally fierce and huge and really intense, and they're awesome. Um, so if we're talking that unicorn or the Asian unicorns, like any Asian unicorn, they're so cool, or kind of more the Western idea with a European white delicate unicorn creature. And that's what I was saying, like Harry yeah. Potter unicorn. Harry Potter unicorn. Okay, so we're talking the ones that start off gold and then become silvery white and have magical blood and healing properties. Yes. I personally am partial to the Chilin and the Kirin, those types of myths. But I really do like, of course, the white last unicorn unicorn. But I love these. I love all unicorns. That's what I'm saying. I can't choose. There are so many different types of unicorns across the world, and they are all amazing. Alexander the Great wrote a unicorn, you ask? Said no one. So I'll just tell you about him. (laughs) I do want to talk about the actual unicorns in history. All right, so Marco Polo claimed that in the 13th century that he had actually seen unicorns in Sumatra, and he wrote about unicorns a couple different times in his travels, um, a couple different books. So in the third book, he speaks directly of witnessing unicorns, and this is what we're like, oh yeah, those are rhinos, totally, definitely, but 
I don't know, maybe not because Siberian unicorns were a thing. So maybe there was some kind of similar rhino or creature that isn't the rhino we think it is. But anyway, he wrote, here are wild elephants in the country and numerous unicorns, which are very nearly as big. They have hair like that of a buffalo, feet like those of an elephant, and a horn in the middle of their forehead, which is black and very thick. They do no mischief, however, with a horn, but with tongue alone, for this is covered all over with long and strong prickles. Was he sticking his hand in their mouth? I don't know. I don't know what that refers to. Uh, The head resembles that of a wild boar. I'm guessing because of how, like, brutish and shaggy they look. maybe how narrow it is. Potentially. And they carry it ever bent towards the ground. They delight much to abide in mire and mud, just like modern-day rhinos. Yeah. Tis a passing ugly beast to look upon, and is not in the least like that of which our stories tell of being as caught in the lap of a virgin. In fact, is altogether different from what we fancied. But so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that really does sound like a, at least some kind of rhino description. Right. So everyone thinks that he had seen rhinos for the first time, and that's what he was talking about. It wasn't the Siberian unicorn, because, of course, they were extinct by this point, but it's not outside the realm of possibility that he saw not a modern-day rhino and not a Siberian unicorn, but something in between that had the horn in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. This is what I love. So many different mythical creatures that are really well known are from either going somewhere and knocking, talking to the people who are native there about the animals, but just projecting what you think the animal is uh, and writing that as the one and only truth. And the other one is people finding bones and fossils and stuff and trying to interpret them. Like one of them is the griffin. Mm-hmm. There's not really any animal they can think of that could be misinterpreted that, like a rhino with a Siberian unicorn. But if you look at a dinosaur called a protoceratops, think a very small triceratops without the horns. If you look at it, not really knowing what it is, it looks like it has the beak of a griffin right. and the body of a lion. And that's how we're pretty sure the griffin myth came to be. Uh, mammoth skulls or even elephant skulls, potentially, they have this huge hole in the middle of them where the trunk is um, and their eyes are off to the side. But if you don't know that much about skulls, you would look at that and go, well, that's a giant eye hole. That must be a cyclops. I, or like walrus, we thought that was, and platypus, we thought those were mythical creatures and they turned out to be totally accurate and real. But when you look at those original descriptions, usually by so-called explorers that honestly just went and invaded other people's homes all the time, they look really weird. Like you're trying to interpret what your five-year-old told you they saw on the TV. I'm sorry, are you telling me that the platypus and the echidna are weird? Absolutely, and I love them for it. We had a whole episode about why echidnas are weird. (laughs) But they're perfect. Perfectly weird. Okay, echidna or unicorn. (laughs) I I think you just blue screen of death lay. No, it hurts me because I know what the answer is without hesitation. It's the unicorn. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, Yeah, but I love Echidna so deeply. I feel like I have just thrown my child into the middle of a street. Well, we'll give you like living and extinct. Okay, I'll take it. Or you just combine them. No. No combine? By making unicorns alive? 
No, you just <laughs> give an echidna a unicorn horn. Oh, I was thinking cover a unicorn in quills. Oh, that's good too. Oh my goodness. Hey, we can make Charlie the unicorn unicorns, you know, with yeah. the long tongue of an echidna. <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness, they're already halfway there. See? Oh, I believe I cut you off talking about historical unicorns. Please continue. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. That was very informative and great and fantastic. And I love it. Every single minute of it. I'm just so happy because I'm talking about unicorns. Another historical figure that was connected to the unicorn is Alexander the Great, who is often depicted riding a unicorn or a horse with a horn coming from its forehead. And his horse was called Bucephalus, which means ox head. So the story goes, Bucephalus was this horse that was utterly untamable and untrainable, and he was so bad and just evil that he was going to be killed. Because what's the point, I guess? He's untamable, so just kill him. But Alexander the Great, when he was young, saw potential in Bucephalus and convinced his father to let him try to ride him. And they made the deal that if Alexander the Great could get on his back safely, then he could have Bucephalus and train him and raise him, do whatever he wanted. And he succeeded. And although Alexander managed to train him and he loved this horse, he named a city after Bucephalus. This horse had a reputation for being massive and enormous and man-eating. He was actually described as man-eating in text. So it reminds me a lot of the Carcadon version of the unicorn. Yeah. Bucephalus was said to have actually fathered a race of unicorns. It was said that Bucephalus bred with horses in a particular region, and all the offspring had a single horn from their foreheads, like Bucephalus. So that's the story, that Bucephalus is the father of unicorns. And Marco Polo wrote about those in travels in book two, rather than three, where he talked about unicorns that he witnessed. In book two, he wrote... There used to be horses in this province that were descended from Alexander's horse, Bucephalus, by mares that had conceived from him. They were all born with a horn on their foreheads. So he thought that unicorns had been alive and well in this area from the time of Alexander the Great, but he claimed that they had been destroyed during a dispute between two branches of a royal family that thought they owned them. So once again, we have another example of unicorns that may have existed that were destroyed by selfishness of man. So, human. We're the worst. I know, we're the worst. (laughs) Basically, we had good things in the world and we killed it. Man. But don't don't walk away with that as the moral from this. Please walk away knowing that there is possibility out there and we don't know everything about what has been and what will be and what is we thought unicorns were myths and made up but they're real and there may be unicorns that we haven't yet discovered i mean what about the narwhal that's not a unicorn but is it maybe well i guess it would be an example of like what type of evolution is that convergent evolution I wouldn't say it's convergent. So here's why I don't think the narwhal is a unicorn. And I love narwhals very, very much because they are associated with unicorns. And the unicorn horns, quote unquote, that are in collections may actually be from narwhals. But I don't think they're unicorns because the narwhal horn is actually a tooth. Whereas the unicorn horn is a horn probably made of keratin. Makes sense. 
two different things. But that's where you get like the twisty shape, I guess. Potentially. Like I earlier. Yeah. There are other potential origins for the unicorn other than the narwhal. Of course, it could be uh, something like an oryx that was seen from the side and it looked like one horn, or there could have been an individual that had a horn broken off and therefore had one horn in its head. So there's that explanation. There's also the possibility that it was a giraffe. A giraffe? Yep. That's related to the Kirin in Japan. Wow. Oh my god, this means unicorns pick their nose with their tongue if giraffes count as unicorns. They do! Wow. (sighs) Unicorns are real, and they're beautiful, and adorable, and weird, and gross. (laughs) As are all animals. Yes. Mostly. And as a lover of unicorns, who started out, like, practically worshipping the stereotypical white, glittery, sparkly, glowy, last unicorn unicorn... I am just overjoyed and delighted that these gross, disgusting, weird, adorable, beautiful unicorns are real. Absolutely. But now I have a question for you. Yeah? Do you know which unicorn, what type of unicorn perhaps matches your personality? No. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm a little scared, though. What if I'm not a unicorn? What if I get the results of the quiz where it's like, sorry, you're just a horse? Oh, (laughs) I mean, maybe. We'll have to wait and see. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so I have already taken this quiz. This is just a basic 10-question personality quiz. What unicorn matches your personality? You should be able to find the link for this same quiz in the description of the video so you can play along with us and find out what unicorn you are. All right. So Alex is going to be doing the quiz on his end, and I'm going to be reading the questions aloud and taking control over Lay's answers. And at the end, we're all going to share what type of unicorn shares our personality. I'm so scared. It's like taking a what Harry Potter house would you be in and then know you're a muggle. Oh, <laughs> hopefully not. No, the worst is know you're a squib. There was potential, but not you. Oh, oh. Oh, no. Yeah, I would rather be a muggle than a squib, I think. No, I think I would rather be a squib because then I can still see unicorns and magical creatures. Yeah, you don't necessarily need magic to become a magizoologist. Mm, Accurate. Okay, I changed my answer. Man, Thestrals. I I love Thestrals so much. I love Thestrals, yeah. But we're talking about unicorns, Sorry, sorry. Okay, question one. Are you an early bird or a night owl? And the answer choices are i'm up before the sun i like to sleep until exactly 1 p.m i get up around 8 a.m or i like to stay up really late i like to stay up really late right when my work schedule allows for it i actually like to be up before the sun oh <laughs> gross i'm happiest getting up at 6 a.m every day maybe 5 30 sounds awful i can't my body doesn't function before like 8 a.m all right what is your opinion on glitter I'm not interested in anything unless it's covered in glitter. Um, sure. <laughs> glitter is amazing and I would recommend it to anybody. Or glitter is life. Glitter is amazing and I'd recommend it to anybody. Same answer. Just because I want to watch the fallout when they can't get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I also like that there is not a no answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't get a choice. <laughs> glitter is amazing and that's the only answer and that's accurate. What level do you love glitter? (laughs) What is your favorite color? I love all sorts of colors. 
I'm a big fan of tartan. Give me pink, purple, and white, and I'm happy. Or all the colors. That first and last answer are the same thing. They are, but slightly different. Because maybe if you love all sorts of colors implies that there are some colors that you do not like. Just all types of colors, you know, like maybe earth tones and pastels. Yeah, but, but all not colors is like all colors. Yeah. <laughs> I, my favorite color is white. And that's actually not because of unicorns. It's because I decided that I wanted all the colors to be my favorite. And white is your eyes seeing all of the colors at once. So all the colors is going to have to be my answer. All right. I'm going for the I love all sorts of colors. Partially, as you just said, jewel tones, and I can't stand jewel tones. (laughs) All right. Do you like being outdoors or indoors? And the answer choices are, I love the sunny day. I prefer to stay indoors and play video games, no matter what the weather is like. You need to have some fresh air every day. Or who doesn't love a puddle? Oh, who doesn't love a puddle? I love rainy days. Um, I will choose. You need to have some fresh air every day because I like rainy weather and I guess outside's good when there's sun. You need vitamin D. (laughs) Do you have magical powers? I'd like to think so. I'm undefeated at FIFA. I know all sorts of magic tricks. Or I can make a pizza disappear in 20 minutes. I can confidently say I know all sorts of magic tricks. All right. I'm going to go with the pizza one. Even though I have been having issues with attempting to eat an entire large pizza and my body going, no, you're getting far (laughs) too close to 30. We don't do that anymore. (laughs) As someone who has crossed the 30 bridge, it's possible. Dream big. (laughs) Hold on to your hopes. That's the moral of this episode. Hold on to your hopes and dreams. The problem is my favorite pizza right now is Mapo Tofu Pizza. Oh, okay. Which is very harsh on my stomach because it's dairy and very spicy food all at once. And it's very greasy and good where I get it from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And oh boy, that's a combination on your stomach when you decide, I'm going to sit down and eat this in half an hour because it's the best pizza in the world. Hard disagree. You're talking to a Chicago girl. Yeah, you're talking to someone from Chicago. I have very particular taste in pizza. This is true. And I have tasted the pizza of the gods. Literally the pizza of the gods. In Supernatural, Chicago pizza saved the world. All right. What's your favorite type of video to watch on YouTube? I love slime videos, FIFA hints and tricks mostly, Cats falling off stuff sounds fun, I suppose. Or it's hard to type with these big hooves. (laughs) I see what they did there. Uh, I'm going to go with cats. Cats. Yeah, I'm going to go with cats. I mean, my cat just jumped on my lap, so I feel like I'm being held hostage to go with that answer. It's an old standby. I watch a lot of different YouTube, but I always come across a cat video or some kind of animal video. Yep. All right. What's your favorite kind of slime? Glittery slime? I can't stand this stuff. All slime is awesome in its own way. Have you tried getting slime off a hoof? I can't stand the stuff. Yeah, I know you can't. This is coming from camp experience. Yeah, part of me wants to say that because I was literally just trying some out for a museum outreach program today. And boy, that that was a cleanup. But... My one piece of satisfaction was passing the slime back out to the children at the end of the day and the horrified, angry faces of the parents when they see what their kids created in camp. And they're like, that's not coming in my car. And I'm just like, look what your child made and is super excited about. Here, 
tell them all about what you learned from the slime. And there's nothing the parents can do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with all slime is awesome in its own way because it feels really good to squish. And I did forget about how wonderful it is when you've had that one Karen parent and you just hand them that bag of slime that they have to take in their car. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, this is my only critique with this quiz, just because, I mean, I am old as well, to a degree, and I don't know any of these YouTube people. But who Emily is saying this as the youngest of us, by the way. Is your <laughs> Who is your favorite YouTuber? Sapphire, the F2 Freestylers, Bro or Sis, depending on the day of the week, or, I don't even know how to say this, Wengi is a total legend. Wenji? I don't know. I'm going to quickly Google these because there are far too many Nazi YouTubers uh, for me to go, that looks like a funny name. Oh, oh see? I did that when yeah. I took the quiz. I was I picked the Wenji one because I was like, that's close to Weenie. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know none of these YouTubers, but my gut is to go with Sapphire because it's a pretty gem. All right. I'm going for it. I'm going to go with Wenji seems cool. All right. What's your favorite book? Gangsta Granny, Annie Malcolm, The Story of Tracy Beaker, or A Pancake Recipe Book? I don't know any of these either. Same. But I will choose The Story of Tracy Beaker because it's the only one that sounds like a story. Okay. That's a good bet, right? Gangsta Granny sounds funny. (laughs) All right. And final question. What's your most sparkly possession? My backpack? I refuse to go near glitter. My phone case is very sparkly or my lunchbox is fabulous. Technically, I own jars and jars of glitter (laughs) of all sorts. Um, But conveniently, my phone case is actually very sparkly. Nice. I feel like I somehow still get little bits in my backpack from past camp. All right. So result time. Who wants to go first? I'm too scared. Alec, you go. What kind of unicorn are you? I am a fancy unicorn. (gasps) This is the fanciest of all unicorns, and they like everything to be sparkly, even their carrots a bit diva-like, if we're honest. That's That's so accurate. accurate. It is. It really is. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, this quiz works, you guys. Uh, Lei, you are a magical unicorn. Your personality matches the classic unicorn. Uh Wherever you go, there's a sense of magic and a trail of glitter for others to clean up. That said, you're very friendly. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm a classic unicorn. See, it's just so baked into me. I love it. All right, everyone. So remember when Lei asked if it's possible for you to just get horse as an answer? Oh, no. So I got a horse with an ice cream stuck to its head. Your personality matches this rarely seen creature. From a distance, you look like a unicorn, but up close, you're just the rest of us, but have some qualities like bravery, magic sparkles, and well, a big ice cream cone on your forehead. (laughs) But you do come with your own snacks. So really. Ooh, that's a good point. No, see, I love this for two different reasons. One, because it's a very silly unicorn and reminds me of the Charlie the Unicorn unicorns. Yes. And... Emily is a very silly person Yes, once you get to know her. So I think that is very appropriate. But also, it's a very resourceful unicorn. It's a unicorn that said, I'm not a unicorn, but I'm going to be a unicorn, whether the universe tells me to or not. And it made itself a unicorn, which I really respect and admire. So I think it's a great unicorn. Thank you. I love it. 
I just I hope unicorns. I don't get a brain freeze. Well, you will because you're you. Yeah, I get brain freezes a lot, but maybe because it's external cold, it'll be okay. Maybe the brain freezes would go away. Hmm, maybe, yeah. Because you would be part ice cream. <gasps> part ice cream. <laughs> Can I pick the flavor? Sure. Yes. I mean, you put it there. True. What if it just fell on my head and I was like, yep, this is my life now. I could also see that happening. (laughs) (laughs) But which flavor would you choose? Mint chocolate chip, of course. I don't know why I asked. So next month, we're going to talk about different kinds of unicorns. What? If you can find a frog or toad with a single horn on it, I will be amazed. (gasps) Oh, isn't there like a unicorn toad or something like that? I don't know. Well, you'll find out next month. (laughs) (laughs) Amphibians are not my strong suit. Join us next month for Frogs and Toads. And remember, while you're still waiting for next month's episode to come out, uh, please follow us. And if you have an animal or a topic that you want us to cover, leave it in a review. Bye.